is the Meeting of Minds podcast with me, Philippa Robinson. Hello. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Meeting of Minds podcast. It's so great to be back. Um, and I've enjoyed, I enjoyed recording um, last week's and last week's episode. And here I am again. I hope you found it useful to listen um, to my experience of therapy um, just so that, you, you know, maybe you're thinking of having therapy and you're not sure, uh, or maybe you want to see what my experience is like so that, I don't know, you can see how it sort of sounds when you when you think about your experience or you know maybe you've not had a great experience but to hear that I did um helps you see that you know you, that you can get really good good results from therapy whatever you took from it um I hope it was useful and actually on that note I do have I have had quite a few people who have said to me over the last few years that they went to therapy, but it didn't work, that it was rubbish, some people said. And, you know, I I do very much believe that it's the finding the right therapist at the right time. So therapy is not a magic answer to all the problems you might be experiencing. Therapy is not going to tell you or your therapist is not going to direct you, is not going to tell you what to do. What a therapist does is sit with you, gives you a safe space to explore what is going on for you in your life, and in particular, the areas you want to concentrate on in your therapy sessions, and gives you the space uh, to explore for yourself what the what the what the answers might be or what might help or what you think the solutions are it the 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 answers the solutions the you know it all comes from within you or in my case from within me my therapist helped me find it but she didn't give me the answers and I think that I think there is a large element for some of the people who've said to me that therapy didn't work for them. I think there might well have been um, an element of them looking for answers from somebody else. And you're not going to get that in therapy. I mean, you're not going to get that from any um type of therapist or um coach or anybody who is going to help you move forward with these things they might whoever you seek help from might have a different way of working but largely they are going to help you find the answers because really if you think about it, the 
allowing you the space to find the answers for yourself is what is going to uh, give you the the most transformation rather than just giving you the answers because the next time you come up against a problem you're not you're still not going to have learned how to work things out for yourself and the most important thing to know in my opinion is that we have all the answers inside of us already we just don't necessarily have access to those answers or the information or um and by answers i don't necessarily mean there's only one answer to everything you know there might be any number of potential answers and and the question really is which one is the one that that is best for you or is the one you want but you know what we what we tend to do and i certainly did as a result of my childhood trauma was I lost all, well, maybe I don't, I'm not sure I lost it. I'm not sure I ever had it, but I do have it now. Um, So let's just assume I did have it at the beginning, but I lost all confidence in myself to make decisions for myself, to know that I was acting in my best interest, to listen to my gut um to my body to understand that um the way forward that i was choosing was from a an embodied place inside me rather than looking externally for somebody else to tell me what to do and by learning to go inwards and find those answers for myself. I have given myself such a great gift and tool that I always have with me. So now, no matter what it is I come up against, a decision I've got to make, a problem I've got to solve, something I've got to deal with, whatever it is, I now have confidence in myself to go inwards and choose the right path or choose a path that feels right in that moment with all that I have available to me at that moment. I mean, you know, obviously hindsight's a great thing. And when we, you know, when we have more information, we might make better choices, but all we can do is get, hopefully get to a place where we can make the best decision for us in that moment with the information we have available. So I've sort of dived straight in here today, haven't I? I had lots of other things that I was going to say first, but um, as happens sometimes, um, I don't know, it's almost like my mouth just runs away with me. and in fact, it's not—it's not even my brain telling my mouth to say these things. It just comes out. It's just really um, strange. So that was clearly what needed to be said um, straight off today. Um, so yeah, that was a bit strange, wasn't it? Launching straight in. Um, I decided after last week that um, 
I discussed about finding a therapist and certain aspects of um, going to therapy. But what I didn't actually do is describe what a session was like and or what some of the sessions were like during therapy. And um, during this week, well, since I last recorded, so I tend to record at the beginning of the week for the episode to come out on a Friday. So since I recorded the last episode, um, I have been, it's really occurred to me that it might be useful to talk about the sort of things that happen in a therapy session. Now, um, before I start, I am talking here about the, the sort of therapy that I had. And I went to um, a, a see a lady privately, one-to-one. I am well aware that not everybody has access to, to that, to be able to um, either have the time, more importantly, the money, to be able to, to do that. Now, on the NHS, I think the best you're going to get is six sessions, possibly, um, of CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy. And what you're going to get there on the whole. So I've never had CBT. OK, I do. I do sort of know a bit about CBT. But what you're going to get there are um, tips um, and um practices and methods to help you deal with the particular um problem for want of a better word if I hope it's okay if I call it a problem um whatever that problem was that you that you sought um counseling for in the first place so say for instance um uh, you suffer from anxiety and your anxiety has got a lot worse lately you might seek um, some counseling for that if you wait to be referred through your doctor you are highly likely to and this is in the UK for you for all those of you who listen elsewhere I'm really sorry but I don't know how it works in other countries but in the UK if you wait to be referred on the NHS you will wait quite a long time and you will probably get a few sessions of CBT so it's a bit like a sticking plaster that you will get some some tips practices methods to help you deal with the thing that has taken you to to, to counselling or therapy in the first place, but you are unlikely to get deep counselling or psychotherapy into the underlying issues. For that, uh, I mean, if I really stuck my neck out, I'd say you will always have to go to private therapy. I don't know, maybe in some parts of the country, you might get access to deeper therapy on the NHS, but I think that is highly unlikely. So I think the chances are you will have to find a private therapist to do that. Um, therapists in training are, so as they're getting towards the end of the training, are allowed to take on clients and do charge less doesn't mean they're not very good um 
it just means that they're towards the end of their qualification. You know, if you've got somebody with lots of life experience and who um, has been to therapy themselves, um, who is then doing the training, you might get some really good, you know, sessions from people like that. And I'm sure there are other people you might get really good sessions for from at a lower cost. So it's always worth um, looking to, to see if you can find somebody like that. Also, um, therapists in training have to have to do counselling hours to in order to qualify, and they usually do that through charities. Um, so you might be able to get counselling that way. Uh, addiction definitely people uh, training therapy training therapists go into addiction um, counseling services um, as volunteers in their second year of uh, training uh, bereavement um, as well and all sorts of other places as well so it's worth looking to see if your area and actually now we've all gone online you know there there might be access to other services that you haven't looked at before Um, otherwise I think you are looking at either doing the work yourself which is possible to a degree um with books and podcasts and perhaps if you have a you know a really great friend or somebody you know who will be able to listen to you listen to you to what you're learning to about yourself to what you've read in books to help you think sort of process what it is you're learning but the key here is really listening and it's listening to understand not listening to respond and that is a real skill and not everybody not everybody can do that not everybody can learn to do that and you may well not have um, anybody in your life at the moment who can do that for you um and, and you know a lot of us don't and i i don't know whether i did but i whether i did have anybody who was capable of doing that but i never looked for that um i felt the need to go outside my existing circle of friends and family and find somebody independent that was very much my decision but um you might have that person in your life who might be willing to help you um so that is something to think about but it is by far easier to do it with somebody else with a professional with somebody who is experienced somebody who is qualified somebody who knows what you know what it what it's all about and and does it for a profession so you know, um, will always be there at the allotted time because you are paying them and, you know, has your absolute best interests at heart whilst um, holding a really safe container and safe boundaries 
for you to explore whatever it is that you need to explore. Um, and I definitely got to a stage, as I said last week, where it wasn't really a choice anymore. It, it just had to be done because otherwise my whole life was about to implode. So um, that's how I ended up um, at, at therapy. Now, my counsellor, um, it's really funny because I always say, you know, seek a few out, speak to a few, make a, an informed decision about who you want to work with. I, I, I didn't. I only phoned one. I only worked with one. I only met one before I worked with her. Um, I just had this gut feeling that she was going to be um, the the one for me, really. And um, I, I was desperate to start work. She could fit me in. She really put me at ease in our first meeting and she was talking to me about um, codependency and um, trauma and childhood emotional neglect and all the things that really um, resonated with me. So I felt it was definitely worth starting work with her, which I did. Um, I initially only was only prepared to agree to work with her for six weeks. Um, and the first session I did a fair bit of talking, telling her my story. And if you have a story, anything like mine, you will be quite used to rattling it off, telling people bits of it, telling, uh, but doing it without much emotion. Um, I always used to rattle off to people, um, things about my childhood and my, um, 20s and 30s and sort of go well this happened that happened do 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 you know and and be able to see it say it quite glibly but with without feeling any of it and she got you know she got the measure of me quite soon and realized that I you know I was articulate I was not frightened to talk about what had happened but I was very scared to feel it and I hadn't felt it and I rattled it off really quite quickly um, which is a sure sign that somebody is not feeling it as they're as they as they're talking about it. So she got the measure of me pretty quick. She realised she she needed to slow me down um, in how I was in, in the way I was speaking in because in order for me to feel, I needed to do it much slower. And that was, um, that was the vast majority of the first six sessions, really. I did a lot of crying and she did a lot of listening and telling me that what I experienced was not okay, was not normal, was not what everybody experiences. And it was trauma and it was neglect. Um, which was both validating and confusing um, all in one go. I mean, it was validating in that it helped me, it helped me see that, okay, maybe I'm not a complete and utter failure at life because I kind of, you know, very often thought I was. 
maybe there was a reason why I reacted the way I did and behaved the way I did and thought the way I did. Um, so that did help. Um, but after six sessions, in fact, after four sessions, um, I began to realise that there was a lot more to do. And I agreed to stay for three months. Um, and it the, the reason why she needed to get a commitment from me was and couldn't just take it week by week is because, you know, a good therapist will not take you deep and just leave you there and just leave you unsupported. So she was only prepared to go to start doing deep work with me on the basis that I committed to keep turning up so that she knew I was getting the support I would need. Now, of course, I could have just decided one day not to go back. And I'd have been, and there's nothing she could have done about it. But it felt really important to me to commit to the sessions and um, and to keep turning up. I think largely because it was a commitment to myself to work through the things. And I did realize what she meant when she talked about the deep work and her supporting me. She also explained to me numerous times about how we were going slowly because you know I had a job I had a family with youngish children still I needed to be able to work my way through the trauma and the and the feelings and do the work I was doing with her ideally without the rest of my life falling apart and on the whole, we managed that. Um, it, it was quite frustrating at times that it was going so slowly. But on the other hand, I did manage to keep all the other balls in the air mainly. Um, there were a couple, there was, there were some time that there was one period in particular of a, a good, good couple of months where I was finding it really tough and um, my family did, didn't get the best of me. Work was really stressful. And at the same time, the counselling was really taking it out of me. And I there was, there was a couple of months where a lot of the evenings after work and a lot of weekends, I would be staying in bed because that is what I needed. I needed to rest and to feel safe which I did. I've always felt safe in bed. <laughs> um, and gradually I came out of that phase and needed less rest. Um, and there have been times I've dipped back into that and needed to just, you know, take it a bit easy. And I've learned to have space every day to take it easy um, so that I'm hopefully not risking burnout as much as I have done in the past. So my sessions were quite slow paced, um, but I went every single week unless 
she was on holiday or I was on holiday. Um, I was never ill during the whole of that time, not on, on a therapy day. And yeah, I was there for three years. And um, in the end, because during my first year with her, I started a counseling foundation course. And one of the requirements of that course was to be in personal therapy. So for the whole of that year that I was on the course, which by the time I ended took me to about 18, 19 months into therapy, um, the whole of that court year's course, I had to be in therapy and I stayed with her during all that time. And there was one session, um, I don't know, about six months into the course where I, I did take to my session that uh, one particular week that I didn't really want to be there anymore. But I, and I was only there because of the course. And that, that was a real turning point because we explored more about why I didn't want to be there. And I, I allowed myself to be really vulnerable and talk about how scary it was doing the work, how um, out of control I felt. And having grown up in chaos, um, you know, I spent a lot of my life trying to control as much of it as I possibly could. I'm a planner. I'm a fixer. I'm reliable. If I say I'll do it, I'll do it. And, um, you know, I liked very much to, I liked the feeling of control. I didn't want to control people. My husband used to call me um, a control freak um, when we first got, well, when we first got married, I suppose. Um, and he has used that word many times over the years, but not lately. Um, and he is right in that I liked control, but it it wasn't from a I need to control everybody else point of view. It was I need my life to be in control because I feel really, really unsafe in chaos um, because that is what I had experienced a lot in my childhood. And it all started it all started to make sense. The more therapy I did, the more my experience of life made sense, the more we looked at things that had happened in my childhood, which actually we started, we looked at things that were going on in my life every day. So I'd go and say, right, this week, these things have happened. And we'd work out how they related to things that had happened in the past. Um, and I found that like, really fascinating, really validating. And it allowed me to see I'm quite logical. So it really helped me go, okay, so that's not a surprise. Now I know that it's not a surprise that I feel like that. So it's not a surprise that I behave like that. But actually, I'm not a child anymore. I don't need to be feeling like that or behaving like that. And slowly it helped me change behaviors. And reactions and it it was very slow progress it was slow but steady 
um, a lot, most weeks, each session started off with me uh, entering the, uh, her room, sitting down. We'd both close our eyes and sort of, you know, a few deep breaths and ground into um, into our bodies in that space. And then it would just be, you know, up to me to start to talk about what it was I wanted to talk about. She didn't necessarily remember where we'd left off the week before. That was my job. If I wanted to make sure that we carried on talking about something from the week before, I had to bring that. I brought that. Or more often than not, I actually brought something different at the beginning of each week because I would want to talk about something that had happened in the week. There were a couple of occasions where I sat for most of the hour with her and just cried. Um, and she was very comfortable sitting with me in that pain and in those tears. Um, it was really cathartic to do that. Um, there were many, many sessions where I would set off talking at, you know, really quick pace. And after a short time, she'd go, okay, whoa, 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 okay. I am really struggling to keep up with you this morning. You're you're talking so quickly and about all sorts of other all sorts of things. What is it really that's going on here? Um, she was very astute at, at that, and that would make me stop and have to think and work out what was really um, going on. And it was usually none of the things I'd already been talking about. Um, there were some sessions that just felt like a complete utter waste of time where I didn't say much, I didn't felt I learned much, but it's all part of the process. There were some sessions where she asked if I wanted to try something different and we did some uh what a lot of people call empty chair work that comes from um the uh from gestalt theory and it th there is a coaching version of that that i've now learned which is really you know it's all really powerful and it's all about different perspectives and it's it, it it's it's using your subconscious to help you access other parts of you to give you a different view on a situation. So you, by empty chair, it will be you're sitting where you are as the client and either another person or another part of you, so a younger part of you maybe, or somebody else is you imagine somebody else is in that chair and you, from your chair, you talk to them about your perspective on something that you want to work through. And then you, you either can physically move chairs and move into that other chair, or you imagine the chair, the people in the chairs are switched around and you are then this other person and your subconscious helps you speak 
about the other person's perspective on what is happening. And um, I hope I've explained this well enough for you to be able to understand that that might be quite a powerful thing because it is, it really is. Um, in coaching, we do it ever so slightly different, but it's a, it's the same thing. Um, and it really is, it really is powerful. Um, we did that one day. We, we did some um, family constellation work, which is about working out relationships within families. So there I did the work with around my, my now family. So my husband and my children and I had to pick little objects in the room that represented um, like for instance, my two children and place them we were working on the floor, actually place them on the floor in relation to the object. So place the object that represented them on the floor um, around the object that represented me. And I realized from that work that I was treating my, trying to treat my children, my two boys equally when in fact, one is the older, one is the younger, they have very different needs at different times. And actually, it, it, it's, they don't need equal treatment. What they need is what is right for them and what they need in that moment. And that was a big lesson for me. I also learned that, so I'm the, I've got three younger brothers. I'm the oldest of four, I'm the only girl. And I had, you know, so in that same piece of work that I did about families, I also realized that I wasn't stepping up to my part of the oldest sibling. Um, now, because of the way we all grew up, the relationship with my siblings um each one of them is different and some strained, some not as strained, but um, it was really interesting for me to see that I was not putting myself in the position of the oldest sibling and um, the girl, although it was more the position of the oldest that I wasn't really uh, taking on board. And that has been quite interesting. I, I mean, that's still a work in progress for sure. Um, but that was really interesting. So that was a great piece of work we did. We also, I had a decision to make um, about something in particular somewhere along the line. Um, we did we did ways of making those decisions and embodying the, 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 the decision and looking at the feelings that came about, okay, what about making the, 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 the decision made is this or the decision made is that. Um, that was really interesting. We also did, I went one day and said, I'm just feeling really stuck. I feel like I cannot move forward and I cannot make any progress. And she very cleverly asked me to talk about what that meant, what that, what, 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 how did it feel? 
And I was able to describe that I felt like there was a brick wall in front of me. Um, it was very, it was quite high. I could just about see over it, but it was very high and I couldn't pull myself up over it. And we did some, some work um, around that. And um, she actually lay on the floor. She had me standing up. She lay on the floor, held her hold of my ankles quite tight and said, right, I want you to put, she said, don't worry about me, but pull you, do all you can to pull your feet out of the, the, the grip of my hands. And I had to do that. And um, it, 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 I, I, it was just amazing because she did that and it really shifted something for me. It, it, it the, the actual breaking free of her hands really helped me become unstuck in that situation. And when we sort of sat back down again and I visualized this wall, the wall was a lot, lot smaller and I could now step over it. I hadn't gone altogether but I could now step over it. And that was another real turning point in my therapy with her. And it was really around that point that I decided to go in for deeper work. And it was really at that stage that she invited me to um, see it more as psychotherapy, more deep dive into the my patterns, behaviours, um, rather than just looking at individual things and working at how to deal with those, which is what we've been doing so far. So, um, and I accepted that. And in fact, once I'd finished my counselling foundation course, and I no longer, and I decided not to proceed with um, the counselling or the psychotherapy in the end, I decided to become a coach, but that's a different story. Um, I, um, by the time I finished the counseling course, foundation course, and I didn't have to stay with her any longer, I actually stayed with her for longer after the course than I had been with her by the end of the course. So, um, uh, yeah, it was, I was ready for that deep work by then. And then I knew when I was ready to leave. I didn't intend to stay forever. I didn't intend to stay really long term. I certainly didn't intend to stay three years when I started. Um, but she advised it was a, it's a good idea to, to decide to leave and then to have a month for every year you've been in therapy to talk about leaving and to come to um, to the end. So at two years and nine months, I decided that I was going to leave on three years. And we worked through that. Um, and it, it, it put me in a really amazing place to then do more work on my own. Um, and the work I've done on my own since has been... Uh, I was going to say equally transformational. It's probably been even more transformational, but I wouldn't have been able to do that had I not been to therapy and um, had the experience of the safe container with my therapist and worked through a lot of the um, 
childhood stuff that I worked through with her, but also um, realized that I wasn't broken. I was experiencing trauma responses now as an adult that went back to my childhood and it was unpicking those and working out how to how to be different, I suppose. Um, so um, I thought this would be quite a quick episode and I seem to have gone on already for um, quite a long time. Um, so I was in control of every session. It was me that dictated what went on in the session, um, subject to her going, whoa, 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 whoa what's going on here? Um, when I was rattling on too much about nothing. But it it, it was a very controlled environment. It was um, steady and slow, so the rest of my life didn't fall apart. Um, it was scary at times. It was also frustrating at times. It was, you know, I did a lot of thinking, what am I doing? Is this just a complete waste of time and money? No. It wasn't, um, not for me, um, but on the whole, it was exactly what I needed at that time. I'm trying to think if there are, um, if there's anything that there is something else in the, in the, just in my mind, it's just nearly there. It's nearly at the front of my mind. Um, for me to say about my therapy sessions and I just can't quite access that um oh how frustrating um it would have been about um it will have been about something that I did in a session that was useful but um hopefully I've given you a flavor of some of the things that can be done anyway um my therapist was ah I've just remembered. So therapists often train in a particular modality. So um, they might be uh, they might be trained in psychodynamic therapy. They might be uh, trained in transactional analysis. They might be trained in they will most definitely be trained in the core conditions. Um, nearly all therapists will be trained in the core condition. So all therapists should be aware and able to demonstrate empathy, um, which is the ability to put yourself in somebody else's shoes. So they should be able to you know, to the to to the best that they can in that moment, put themselves in your shoes um, when you are describing a situation. They should treat you with unconditional positive regard, which which is really non-judgmental. Um, just just take 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 you as you are that day in a and, and treat you in a positive way, and also be congruent so that what they say and how they behave in their body language and what you feel about what they are portraying to you in your session um, go together. So they're not saying, oh yeah, that's fine. Like for instance, they're not saying, oh, that's fine, but then recoiling, because that would suggest it's not fine. So it's their words and their actions and their behavior sort of 
you know, all gel and are on the same, oh, on the same page. Sorry, can't think of a better way of saying that right now. So, I mean, those core conditions are really at the heart, certainly of integrative therapy, because what most therapists actually do is train in a number of modalities and will integrate them to find their own way of counselling or being a therapist for their clients. Um, yeah, so, I mean, we, we, we learnt the core conditions on the foundation course. That is why it, because it's the, the sort of the, the, the bedrock of therapy as is listening, listening to understand, not listening to respond, which is what in everyday life most of us do. We listen in order to formulate our response to something rather than listen deeply to what somebody is telling us because we really want to understand. So as a very bare minimum from a therapist, you should be getting that listening. You should be getting empathy unconditional positive regard and congruence so um yeah that is what i wanted to say so um that's it for that's it for today um i hope it has been if you're interested in therapy i hope it's been um interesting and useful to hear a bit more about what a therapy session uh, entails and, and that's just my experience of therapy everyone's is different but at least if I can tell you that's what my experience was I'll give you a bit more of a flavor of what a session would look like um thank you so much to the people who've been signing up to my newsletter on my website in the show notes um wh where you if you're listening on um a podcast platform there will be show notes for this podcast and in there there should be a link to my website which you can just click on it will should take you to my website and there are numerous buttons around my uh, website to sign up to the newsletter if you are listening on my website um obviously you're already there so please sign up click on a sign up to the newsletter button that you will find on every page um, if you follow me on Instagram and you happen to be on there one day, go to my bio and there is a link there to sign up to the newsletter. Please do that. Um, there will be more, in, more things coming out by email, things that I'm not posting on Instagram, um, more information about the book and just more information about my work. So, um, if you are interested in hearing more, please do sign up to the newsletter. That would be brilliant. So I hope you are all well. I hope you have had a good week by the time or are having a good week or have a good week, depending on what day you listen to um, this. And if anything has come up for you during this episode or last week, please get in touch with any questions you might have because I will be looking to do an episode probably partway through um, answering uh, questions. So please do let me have those if you have any. Okay, so that's it for today. You take lots of care, look after yourself and your loved ones, everyone around you. And I will be back next week. Okay, bye for now.
Thank you for listening to the Meeting of Minds podcast. You can find this podcast in all the usual places. Please tell your friends, please subscribe. And if you have a moment, I'd be really grateful if you could rate and review as it helps other people find us and helps me spread the messages of empowerment and positivity that I'm really passionate about. If you want to find out more about me, you can visit my website www.safeandsupported.co.uk Until next time, bye.